Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Basically, Captain America has started a race war as we end, as we end this issue. So. <laughs> That's the cold opening right there. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Big Comics Podcast, starring Mark Clare and Renzo Martinez. And the home of the brave. I'm sorry. I'm still in the Memorial Day semi-patriotic mood right here. We are actually recording here on Memorial Day for the second print comics podcast, the latest edition. I believe this is episode 44 for anyone keeping track at home. Speaking of keeping track at home, his home is always changing. Where is he recording from this week? He is my partner in comic book crime, the Ramblin' Remzo Martinez. Remzo, what's up? Mark, I moved into my new apartment thinking Wisconsin weather can't be too odd in the summer. I was expecting it to be nice. I was wearing gym shorts and a t-shirt. And as I pulled up in my new home in the dairy state itself, it was 48 degrees and I saw a snow flurry. And at that point, I knew I had to unpack my shit fast and get going. At that point, I realized I've made all the wrong life decisions. Oh, that was, you know, I'm excited to start work. I'm excited for the new opportunities. But that was the one moment where I'm like, what have I done? Because I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Southern boy. Like, we don't get snow in May. We don't get cold weather like this in May. It's it's antithetical. That, and when you order iced tea here, they, you know, they don't bring you sweet tea. They bring you just unsweetened tea. So God is not here either. It's a horrifying thing. <laughs> they, they're like, no, we don't have that, but you want to go ahead. Hey, well, I could bring you some sugar packets. It's like it's not the same. It's not and, the and same. All, and all the waitresses are from New York City for some reason. They're, they're all the same. It's like some <laughs> weird Bostonian accent, or there's like slightly Canadian, or you hear some Germanic in there. It's. I feel like you did not place. watch nearly enough Happy Days in preparation for your move to Milwaukee. I did not. Except I did take. I took a photo in front of the bronze Fonzie statue. I did find that in Milwaukee. I had no idea they had a Fonzie statue. They, but I, I mean, they do. Why wouldn't you? And yeah. it's and it's Henry Winkler's actual height, and he is a midget. He's at least five four. <laughs> they didn't even just make it look, you know, gigantic and exaggerated. No, and, like uh, I've seen, noble. like I've seen, like like Sylvester Stallone. I'm sorry, yeah, uh, yeah. Sylvester Stallone is like five seven, but I've seen the Rocky statue in Philadelphia, and that thing is at least like seven feet tall. So it's like you expect <laughs> these things to be exaggerated, but I guess Fonzie wanted it to be his real height. Well, so I saw that my mom, who's kind of short, is taller than him because she also took a photo in front of Fonzie. My parents really wanted to see that. You know, I was like, man, was he? Is he that? Is he a tiny man? He's a tiny man. The Fonzie statue. Well, only yeah. here on the Second Print Comics podcast are you going to get a, a firsthand analysis of the height of the Fonzie statue. There you go, folks. We do it. This live. is why we make the big bucks. Or will one day, when uh, ten times more of you—now probably more than that—we're going to need to actually to actually make 
quote unquote big bucks. But to help us make those big bucks, you can head over to patreon.com slash second print pod where we do all sorts of stuff, including early release episodes of all, of all our episodes. Uh, sometimes it's only eight hours early, but sometimes it's a week early. You never know. It all depends on our, on our schedule. This one's not going to be too, too early. We also have all sorts of bonus content, including... Remzo rants, including Remzo versus the MCU, including our past editions of our WandaVision recaps, our Falcon and Winter Soldier recaps, coming very soon Loki recaps, as well as from me, you get the random Marvel Comics podcast and Tales from the Fuck It Pile, where I re- I looked at a most recently looked at our good friend Rob Liefeld. He doesn't know where he's our, he's our friend, but he is uh, Rob Liefeld's Extreme Sacrifice number one. Exciting stuff, Remzo. So that's what I've been up to. It's it's like if it's like that scene from Endgame where it's like Rob Liefeld, we love you, and he's like Thanos. I don't even know who you are. No, he he knows who I am. I got my signed Snake Eyes Dead Game after six months. Oh, yeah, he, he definitely knows begging. who you are. You're the guy that wouldn't leave him alone about this damn sign. So you know what's funny? Well, hey, when you spend sixty dollars on a single signed comic that's six months late, you want to? Hey, he he was very nice. He actually spoke to me on Instagram and he sent me two copies. One of which is framed. I'll, I'll take a photo of it and put it in the Second Brick Comics fan zone which is available for a $5 patrons and hired. I didn't do it intentionally, Mark, but I have a Rob Liefeld shrine in my living room. All right. The new living room already? The, the one the you just new, moved into? Yeah. Yeah. I, I put the Ikea cabinet together. You know, they said it would only take three minutes and, you know, 12 year olds could figure it out. It took me like three hours and I'm, you know, I'm 26. So, you know, after I did that, I put up, you know, all my cable and Deadpool and, uh, you know, Snake Eyes, uh, Dead Game memorabilia. And I'm like, oh, I just made a Rob Liefeld shrine. That's cool. Speaking of Snake Eyes, I actually just saw the trailer for the G.I. Joe Origins Snake Eyes movie. I saw that uh, and as a preview for uh, when I was uh, seeing Quiet Place 2 earlier today. He's talking in that. Yeah. And he doesn't Chuck seem the blind. Shit out of so <laughs> there's a lot of things that, that don't mad, that don't line. He, Snake Eyes was blind, right? I didn't just make that up. No, he, he was mute. He was mute. But he had those that. OK, I always thought he was blind. In well, my, I mean, I know he, he could never... see out of the visor thing, but we don't know how. OK, I know he didn't weird. talk. For some, in my mind, he was like Daredevil, basically. But I th- now that I think about it, I think I just made that up. When you hire Henry Golding to be Snake Eyes, you don't cover up that face or cover up that voice because they know their audience, which is going to be dudes that want to see action and the girlfriends they're going to be dragging along. I don't even know who that guy is. Am I supposed to know him? He, he's like one of those. He, he's like the new A-lister. Did you ever see Crazy Rich Asians? <laughs> yeah, I have seen that. He was the guy. He was the boyfriend in that. Ah, Okay. And sounds right. now he's and now he's an action hero. Well, I don't know if that's going to be enough to bring me to the theaters for that film. But you're um, going to go see it, though. I'll see it. And I'm not sure if that's a theater, a theater pick. For it's me. not it's not an HBO Max early release thing. So I you, we've got no choice unless you want to wait to, to come out like way later. And what uh, what other movies are coming out? Other than well, that? as we know, the, the Black Widow movie is finally supposed to hit on uh, July 9th, I believe, or the week of July 9th, whatever that might may be. And I found it interesting when I was in the theater today, they were really pushing hard this whole the way they were pitching uh, Black Widow. They weren't just showing a trailer. They were showing like footage from the movie and like may had their own commercial made by Cinemark saying like basically saying like, don't watch this at home. You want to come to the theater. You need to be in the theater for this movie. You don't want to watch it. And they show like a picture of like, you know, a 60 inch TV. Like, you don't want to watch it on this thing. You want to watch it here with all these effects. So they're really you can always see like the the competition creeping in between, uh, you know, these Disney plus early releases, HBO Max early releases, etc. Um, 
I like what HBO Max is doing because I pay 15 bucks a month and if they put out a movie I want to see, I like that I can decide if I just want to watch it at home. I don't need to go to the theater to necessarily see Godzilla vs. Kong, so I just watch it at home, but I like having the option. Uh, whereas the Disney Plus thing... Where they charge this I'm like not, thirty I'm not bucks? Paying thirty bucks no, because no, then what I, if I don't pay a month? Then I don't even have access to the movie. So it's how they <laughs> keep you in, in like this, you know, sharecropping system. <laughs> That's the only way I can equate it. It makes no sense. It's digital sharecropping. The thing is, if I'm going to pay thirty bucks to go to a movie, then I'm going to go to the movie. You know, I'm not going to pay thirty bucks to sit in my house. That's just absurd. So. Yeah, like part of it is the experience. Like you can you, you can sit through a not so great movie. And, you know, you at least got to go out and do something like Eternals is one of those movies that I should be excited about because it's a new Marvel project. But I could not be more like unexcited for a film. And the the Eternals trailer came out last week in full and I watched it all the way through twice in a row and I felt absolutely nothing. So that's another example of, you know, if I'm going to go see that, I'm going to go see it in the theaters where at least I'm only paying like 15 bucks. And at least I get out for the day. Yeah. At least Remzo gets out of the house and say hi to the, uh, the, the, uh, Fonzie statue on the way. Hi world. Um, yeah. But, um, one thing you don't have to wait for, and that is our review of today's show, which is going to be looking at Captain America, the Captain America relaunch from 1998. This comes at the exact same time as the Avengers Reborn that we looked at. Uh, not Reborn, Return, I should say. They're returning from being reborn in the Heroes Reborn universe. So, just as uh, a few months ago, we looked at the Avengers returning from the Heroes Reborn universe, and if you need a recap of the Heroes Reborn universe, you can just go back to last week's episode, Onslaught Reborn. Remzo did a phenomenal job summing that up. Up in, I think, less than 60 seconds. So you can get everything you want to know about that there. Uh, but for now, I'm just going to say here we are in uh, Captain America is returning from the Heroes Reborn universe into the main Marvel continuity in 1998. Uh, what's interesting about this run is that it's a run from Mark Wade and Ron Garney. Mark Wade and Ron Garney were hired to were do a run on Captain America. I think it started at like uh, issue 446 or something. See, I caught myself there. I almost caught it in an episode. Uh, but um, they started this run and apparently from, from what I found in my research kind of uh, getting ready for this episode they had no idea that he that that captain america was going to be canceled and be like handed over to rob liefeld for the heroes reborn thing when they were when they were uh, you know put on this thing even though they already knew i guess like the marvel execs knew they had this plan already but uh they they knew they were going to cancel this current run of captain america and these other titles but didn't bother to tell mark wade and ron garney so they started this kick-ass run and i went back and actually read the run before the one we're going to look at today because i just wanted to get in the mode and it really does almost connect like one right to the other just in terms of the feel like i mean other than some references in the first issue here like you you pretty much hardly talk about heroes uh heroes reborn we kind of just forget that ever happened uh for the most part other than just well i shouldn't say that it that does play somewhat of a factor into into how the story develops but it feels if it does feel like a real continuation of the run from mark wade and ron carney have you have you read any of that run or this run prior to getting ready for the show i did 
and I don't remember necessarily enjoying it at the time, not because I, I had any strong feelings about it, but because I was reading at Brubaker's run on Captain America right around the time of the Winter Soldier arc in 2004, 2005. So, you know, comparing the two, it was like apples and oranges. I'm not saying one trumped the other. Obviously, everyone really knows that Winter Soldier story arc and everything. And Brubaker wrote what I feel is like the definitive Captain America stories of our time. But it, it did kind of overlap in a way. And I am kind of curious because you were reading these books as they were coming out then. Were you happy that they got rid of Heroes Report? I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but it's one of those weird things where it's like when you're going to do such a big continuity shift like that, how did you feel as a fan? Did you feel like, okay, things are back the way they should be? Or did you feel like, ah, oh, they just kind of took me on a ride and then they overcharged for comics that I probably wouldn't have bought otherwise? I was definitely on the side of being happy that things were returning to normal. Uh, like I... I I bought the number ones of all the Heroes Reborn books. Maybe I bought an issue two or three of a couple of them, but I didn't. I don't. I didn't go through the run of any of them. So they they captured my initial interest just out of the the oddity, out of the curiosity of it all. But they, I was not involved in those books this time. I think for the most part, I actually uh, wasn't even reading. I think a ton of even Marvel and DC. I think by this point in my fanhood, I had transitioned and was reading like a lot of Image books, a couple of Valiant books. Um, so it was actually whereas Heroes Reborn was meant to bring in new fans and did bring in a lot of new fans. Uh, it was actually Heroes Return. Uh, all those heroes coming back from that universe back into the regular continuity that's actually what brought me back to marvel so that's what got me reading that avengers uh, story that we already looked at that's what got me reading this run of captain america by mark wade and ron garney ron garney's only here for i think five five issues or so um but th- th- mark wade as as we've seen uh in some other works works that we've looked at uh most notably kingdom come mark wade knows superheroes he knows how to write superheroes and it, it, it might sound I'm trying to describe Mark Wade in a way that doesn't make him sound, dare I say, milk toast, um, because he's not. He's because because but he, he can tell you he can tell straightforward superhero tales. And I don't want straightforward to come across as meaning boring, bland or without twists and turns. But he he writes superheroes in a way that he's he really is able to stick to the character and what the characters are supposed to mean. And he really never diverges from what those characters are supposed to mean. You know, the, the true meaning behind these characters and i think captain america is one character that he just knows so well uh inside and out so very similar to how i would uh describe like his run on the flash um so yeah i mean i think mark wade like knows that character knows the flash the wally west flash that is inside and out and he knows captain america inside and out as well so big fan of of this run and and yeah like i said this is this got me way more excited about these characters than heroes reborn itself did which is probably you know the opposite for for a lot of fans at the time Yeah, makes sense. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you either really loved it or you really hated it. And there, I think there are practical reasons on on both ends. And I mean, I think when you're doing that to a series, as we discussed last week, you're going to turn some people off, but you're also going to bring some people back. So, I mean, that's the that's the joy of comics. You get to see these eras in hindsight, especially as they try and repackage, reboot, revitalize, read whatever so many times. Indeed. Well, that is exactly what we're going to be doing here today. Like I said, it's it's a reboot because we're starting at a new number one uh, with a quote unquote new team of. Of Mark Wade and Ron Garney knew from Rob Liefeld, uh, but they are really t- picking up in many ways 
from where they left off in that previous Captain America run. Now, I will I will give you guys a quick summary of what happened in that previous Captain America run. Um, I'm not sure how much of it is going to directly matter in the issues we're going to talk about today, but just so you know, uh, actually, oddly enough, right before this run, we had another false Captain America death. So I guess at this point, the super soldier serum actually started killing him somehow, and he was actually like fading away. And then when he was like in Avengers Mansion, just resting up, uh, they showed up and like Sharon Carter and uh, I don't know if it was Sharon Carter, someone else, the Avengers showed up and he was gone. Like there was just his, his, um, like his suit was left and his body was gone. So they were like, well, what happened? Um, so as we've seen in another, uh, episode that we recorded, we recorded one episode looking at a Captain America funeral. This is a different Captain America funeral that we actually see in, in the Mark Wade Ron Garney run. Uh, it does not last very long. He did not actually die. Instead, of course, his body was taken by the Red Skull and and who and Sharon Carter, who had actually teamed up together uh, because they were so basically Red Skull donated his super soldier serum blood to revitalize and, you know, you know, re reset Captain America, essentially, because Red Skull wanted Captain America to help him with a little problem. The problem was that there's this cult that formed around the cosmic cube, the cube cult. And <laughs> that is actually what it's called, the cubicle. Wow. And and uh, they were a- attempting to basically bring out their leader uh, via the Cosmic Cube. The, who is their leader? Their leader is, of course, the head Nazi himself, Adolf Hitler, whose consciousness <laughs> was supposedly capped inside of the Cosmic Cube and influencing this cube cult. <laughs> Yes, this is this is real. It actually sounds absurd because it is absurd because comics, but it's actually really well done in the story. It's actually like an awesome story. Uh, but yeah, basically, Captain America and Red Skull team up uh, to take on down the greater threat of Cosmic Cube Hitler. Uh, of course, you know Captain America's motivation is he is against Nazis, and that's why he was born. And Red Skull kind of uses that against him. He's like, "This is what you were literally made for, Captain America. If you're not going to join me and stop Hitler, then what? You know, what's the point of you?" So it's actually like kind of interesting. Like some, how- this is some like Ventura Brothers stuff right here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's something, but it, it's it was it's a really great run though. It's actually a really exciting story. Uh, at one point, Captain. America like he he captures the cube and he thinks he captures the cube and then you see Red Skull holding it and then what happened then suddenly you see Captain America like with Bucky on this World War II adventure and he and you realize Captain America actually got trapped inside the cube by the Red Skull uh, and with, he was basically using Captain America to find basically to find where Hitler is inside of that cube but Captain America got wise to it and you know because comics busted himself out of the cosmic cube they defeated the Red Skull etc etc um, and then actually from that Captain America uh, got his citizenship revoked by President Bill Clinton because uh, there was a secret weapon that had gotten out and there was only like two people that knew the details of this weapon Bill Clinton and <laughs> I mean, they never say Bill Clinton but you know how Marvel does the presidents they just they basically just show you who the current president is of course Bill Clinton him. sold weapons to bad guys <laughs> of course he did <laughs> uh, well he didn't actually in the story uh, there was actually it was just a Red Skull plot or whatever to steal some information from Captain America's brain blah blah because comics hell it wasn't me it was that damn nazi red skull (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah but basically uh bill clinton uh yeah he had to strip him of his citizenship he was like i don't know what's going on here but you know i know i didn't give these secrets away so you must be a traitor captain america my wife's a bitch she will not let me get away (laughs) with this unless somebody pays man Hey, what whatever happened to that Sharon girl? That Sharon girl that was always Sharon, around. Sharon's real nice. She won't join the Secret <laughs> Service, join the presidential detail. 
Yeah, but uh, at the end of that run, basically, uh, they defeat the Red Skull. They uncover the plot. I think it was like um, Machine Smith or something. Is that a guy? Something yeah, like that. Machine Smith. Yeah. Yeah, he was it was he was involved in it and whatever. They basically just uncover the whole plot as as these things happen. And then Captain America and Sharon Carter kind of just part ways. They're like they're just they just separate. Like they they tease if they're going to get back together or not the whole time and then they just kind of like take off. And then of course what really happens This is part of the decade where they're just friends of benefits. Yeah, pretty much. That, that, that's that's pretty accurate but yeah but then of course we go into the heroes reborn universe uh captain america spends a year in a new life and new uh you know you know with, with new digs new rob liefeld uh sketches and and everything and then he returns here um after i think you've recapped on multiple episodes how they got back from heroes return but whatever comic heroes science reborn. comic science yeah something with dr doom and pocket universes and Franklin whatever richards have a nightmare all that jazz that all brings us here to captain america number one from 1998 from marvel comics written by mark raid wade pencils by ron garney and we start off we are suddenly in japan uh because apparently this is where captain america has been plucked back into reality here here in the streets of tokyo and uh there are these like anti anti-westernization terrorists there in tokyo uh meanwhile since cap is there anyway and he sees some some terrorists doing terrorist stuff what does he do he intervenes and uh um, yeah, and takes out these terrorists uh, rather easily. He also has a pretty funny reaction. Um, I really do like the scene here. Like they're in this like basically there's all this like Western pop- propaganda. And that's what these uh, these like Japanese terrorists are against. They're against the Westernization and against ha- having all this Americanization of their culture. Uh, so then Captain America sees them, you know, they don't like McDonald's. What? Yeah, th- basically, they're pissed off about McDonald's. Um, on, but we'll, we'll, we'll find out. There's actually more than that. You actually see a you see a Dallas Cowboys billboard in the background at one point. I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't blame. I'm you sorry. They don't like a that. good time. <laughs> uh yeah and captain america he's you know you see the shield fly in there he stops him he grabs a torch from a a, a replica of lady liberty and has a pretty badass um splash page here where he says don't even think about it holding the torch of lady liberty and they're they're like well what's this guy doing here hey and like people are getting all excited fans are kind of swarming captain america he has a funny interaction with uh this like marilyn monroe impersonator uh and yeah basically we then get a quick little uh as as we are want to do with things of this nature we get a quick one page long basically captain america origin story recap as we all know uh little steve rogers was plucked out of the uh plucked out of the army to be an experimental super soldier he is plucked with a super soldier serum and gains powers that is the captain america uh story recap boom and yeah so he's basically chasing these terrorists and uh captain america tries to tell these japanese cops that he's chasing these terrorists but they're not giving a shit about it they're just laughing their asses off at him and they think it's just a big joke and he's like what is going on here and Captain America starts to realize that everyone that sees him doesn't think he's Captain America. They think he's just some dude in a costume and some dude in a Captain America costume. And he's like, what's going on here? This is so weird. He picks up a newspaper and uh, he's like, you know, he he's like, I, I don't even read enough Japanese to like know, know what the date is here. Right? Cause he has no idea what's going on. Like last thing he remembers, like he, he has like fuzzy memories of battling onslaught. He, he kind of, we, we kind of learned this through his thought balloons. And then he has these vague memories of sort of living another life. And then he just shows up in Tokyo you know, and there's, he has no idea why he's why he's there 
Um, yeah. And anyway, he's and this this strike force, uh, these terrorists, these guys are called, I think they're called strike force to Yukio or something like that. Anyway, tr- so Cap's trying to track, this de- track these guys down. He has no idea why he's in Tokyo or, or why he showed up here, but he does know there are terrorists around and he's Captain America. So, of course, he is going to answer the call. Uh, we then see on the TV because uh, he's, he's like, what's going on here? Hmm. And then he sees on TV, he sees good old Reed Richards. He's on the news and he's explaining that they just got back. Um, from wherever they were. He doesn't really explain it. He's just like, yeah, we're back. We're fine. Uh, after the a- aftermath of the onslaught battle, uh, every- everything's good. In fact, all of our comrades are accounted for except for Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America, who are all missing in action. So Captain America's like, yo, dogs, I'm not missing in action. I'm here in Japan fighting terrorists. Uh, we then learn a little more about these terrorists. Uh, they basically descend from this uh, group called the Haru Society, I believe. Uh, at the end of the day, they're Japanese nationalists. Just to make it, just to make the explanation rather simple. Uh, and then we find out this guy who's like the the head of the thing. Uh, he's actually working for someone. That someone is Lady Deathstrike Ramzo. What can you tell me about Lady Deathstrike? She's an ex girlfriend of Wolverine who, at some point, had joined Weapon X in order to get her revenge on Logan, who she blamed for getting her involved in the whole Canadian special weapons program. With some mind washing here and a little brainwashing there, she became one of the deadliest assassins in the entire Marvel Universe, being able to go toe to toe with both Sabretooth and Wolverine. She's got cybernetic parts, which means that she's lost most of her humanity. That makes up for the fact that she doesn't have a healing factor. So if you saw x2 x-men united and you thought the fingernail lady was freaky the one in the comics is even scarier that all sounds accurate to me well done well done um and yeah so uh lady deathstrike and uh okaru i believe is this guy's name uh they're talking they're hanging out they're, they're coming up with the whole plan and uh basically she starts to threaten him because he she basically calls him a pussy uh, because she 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 recounts this time when uh her father was yeah her, she her father was doing something or other um and he just like ran away from this thing so he's like i remember you you're you're just like a bitch basically you're you're a pussy you you're you run away and he's like no no i don't like no i'm going to stand up i'm not going to run away i'm going to face my fear uh you you have your hearing factor your healing factor uh you're at no mortal risk of this stuff but i I'm ready to make the ultimate sacrifice for the cause. So Okaru here is ready to prove himself to Lady Deathstrike by essentially uh, sacrificing himself. He's ready to become a martyr. Uh, meanwhile, Captain America goes reverse costume and he walks around as someone that he will not be recognized as, and that is as Steve Rogers. Uh, so he's just kind of walking around the streets of Japan trying to figure out what's going on when he comes upon this gigantic, and I mean freaking gigantic, like float, I guess it's a float, yeah, of Captain America. And of, of himself and that's when he realizes this whole thing is promoting this Captain America movie uh, so he he's he's out there just like checking all this stuff out and sees all this Captain America merchandise they're selling shields they're selling little toys and he's like he's kind of like taken aback he's like what's going on here like why I mean like I was popular but I was never merchandised like this before and he feels kind of weird about the whole thing he actually gets interviewed by a Japanese reporter who sees him there and is just kind of interviewing him as like a regular uh, man on the street 
Uh, which is kind of a funny moment here. Um, and uh, yeah, the Cap- Captain America basically realizes he's been gone uh, a whole year because of the movie. He sees like a little clip from the movie where they're talking about how um, how Captain America had, hadn't been disappeared for like the last year or so. So now he's realizing like, oh shit, like whatever happened after that onslaught battle, like I've been gone a while. Like this has not been like a day or so like I thought. Yeah, so basically he is then, we're basically at the premiere of this Captain America movie. Uh, he sees these terrorists. He knows that this, this is probably where they're going to start strike uh and uh his his instincts are correct so captain america basically goes into this theater and he's fighting all these japanese terrorists these uh, haru society terrorists or strike force yukio um it's not clear there there's it's it's confusing what exactly they're called but uh, i think strike force yukio is this uh, is this basically terrorist strike force unit that descended from this greater haru society uh, essentially uh none of that really matters though so forget i even told you the more you know um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, basically, uh, Okaru, this guy, he has like this dead man switch that's going to release this nerve gas. Oh, along the way, we do get a pretty kick-ass battle between Lady Deathstrike and uh, and Captain America. But eventually, he overpowers her pretty, you know, fairly easily at the end of the day because he's Captain Freaking America. He's not going to be defeated by by Lady Deathstrike. But then this uh, Okaru guy is like, "Hey, I'm going to do it, man. I have this switch here. I can nerve gas this whole freaking place. Don't come near me. Like, I don't care. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to." sacrifice myself uh like whatever like take me out i don't care and uh basically uh captain america then realizes like <laughs> i think he kind of has the instinct that this okaru guy is kind of a bitch so he gives him a whole a whole spiel and uh and, and like basically about you know you know you say you revere your your cultural heritage and that you speak English fluently you claim to possess the kamikaze spirit but I look into your eyes and I wonder so basically Captain America calls his bluff and he just throws his shield into the wall and 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 basically like calls him he's like you're not you don't even have that kamikaze spirit you're not gonna do this and and he throws his shield into the wall so Captain America now has no shield this guy can easily pull the trigger instead Captain America just goes up grabs uh, this rope climbs up to where he is walks right up to him and this bitch just like lady deathstrike predicted he totally bitches out akaro he just breaks down and cries and he's like i i can't do this um so captain america ends up saving the day uh from these these terrorist guys and he he realizes like he's so freaking revered now like even more revered now in japan uh it was one thing you know with the movie and everything but now people are starting to realize oh he's back and this is real captain america like holy shit so he's just he's just not used to this kind of adoration which i I found a little weird because yeah i I guess I get they've been gone for a while and they made this whole movie about him, but also Captain America has been famous for like 70 years here. So I don't know. I feel like he was already, uh, they, they act like he's like start is not used to this kind of fame, which I don't know. I just find a little bit silly. That, well, it's it's kind of like it. a resurgence thing. How some things kind of come back in style. I mean, at no other point in the comics have we ever really seen an era in Captain America's life where he's actually treated as more of like a commercial commodity, kind of like how we would, how we, you know, really treat the actors and the characters in in our real world. It's almost like he's walking through that in a way. So for him to be treated as kind of like a commercial product, that must be kind of a first for him because now it's no longer people just really admire Captain America the person. Now it's kind of like Captain America the brand. Yeah, I mean that that really is I think the big difference here. Like he's already always been revered as, as sort of an American hero, but now he's he's a product. He's he's been been merchandised in his absence and that's something he's he's super uncomfortable with. Um at the end of this issue, we got a couple of uh, little epilogues here. One, we're in Istanbul. 
We see a woman kicking ass. This woman is Agent 13, of course, Sharon Carter. The aforementioned Sharon Carter. Last time she saw Cap, they were just kind of parting ways. But, of course, that was before she realized he was going to be whisked away into this Heroes Reborn universe. Um, so she's she's doing stuff. She's fighting bad guys and and trying to you know figure some shit out. We're just kind of laying the groundwork for later. And then we get another epilogue here where we see some weird-shaped creature. Uh, they say it's in Wisconsin, uh, interestingly Hey-o. enough. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, that's the real tie-in to this, to this issue. And then at the end here, we see a, a figure who is but simultaneously seeing what's going on with Sharon Carter in Istanbul. And we, he's also watching what's going on with Captain America in Japan. Who is this figure? It is none other than Kang the Conqueror. Remzo, what can you tell us about Kang the Conqueror? He's a time-traveling warlord who, depending on when you pick up a comic, could actually be a myriad of people. At one point, he's King Tut. At another point, he's some crazy Asian dude named Amortis. And sometimes he's Franklin Richards. And sometimes <laughs> Reed Richards' great-great-grandson. And sometimes, like, maybe, maybe not a couple other people. Kang is all over the place. But all you need to know is that Kang is from the future and he conquers stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much all you need to know. Pretty he's much he's the ultimate it. because comics character. He can be yeah. whatever you need him to be at any moment because he can travel through time and he's a whole bunch of different people. And that's that's Kang's deal. I will say right now, you don't need to know anything about Kang for the rest of the series. Uh, not the rest of the series, but the rest of w- the run we're going to look at today. He does not show up again. So Is this your first time um, talking about Kang in the show? I think it actually is. Believe huh. it or not. Oddly enough. Yeah. Took long enough. Our Kang diversioning is on. Um, we now go to Captain America number two, once again, by Mark Wade and Ron Garney. Uh, we pick up here. We see that Captain America has already defeated a bunch of Hydra agents. It uh, looks like he's on the deck of this ship. And yeah, he's just, there's like a, just a bottle, uh, a pile of uh, Hydra bodies laying around. Of course, they're not dead. Captain America's not killing people. He's just knocking them unconscious, which is okay. Um, yeah, and um, basically he's battling all these Hydra goons. Uh, he like throws his shield in the air. And this one Hydra guy, it's a pretty cool scene there. He's like, he's like, oh, you don't even have your precious shield. He's kind of holding this like um, this, this scientist hostage. He's like, you don't even have your shield. What are you going to do? He's like, what are you going to do to me? And Captain America's like, well, the, the shield will come if I whistle for it. He's like, what? He's like, no, you're just trying to confuse me it's not gonna work you're just a walking target and i'm about to earn a promotion farewell captain this hydra guy thinks he's thinks he's all cool he's gonna be the one to take out captain america all these years captain america whistles and sure enough that uh shield just flies back in and nails that hydra guy right in the head um a little because comicsy but what did you think of just this this use of the shield where he threw it in the air and kind of timed his whistle with the exact moment it was about to come back that that was actually, you know, reading this, I read this issue when I was probably like 11, 12 years old, and I thought it was like the coolest thing. But now I, I think it's cool for different reasons. Now it's just kind of funny because, you know, when you see it the first time, you think, oh, what's the explanation going to be? When it's actually just because he just wanted to mess with the Hydra agent's head, <laughs> it makes it more funny in a way. So reading this, I thought it was just kind of, you know, k- kind of because comics kind of childish. But now, you know, reading this almost a decade and a half later, it was one of those moments where I'm like, this is some smart writing. Like, this is actually pretty good. Yeah, it kind of felt like a scene from a, a movie, like an MCU movie, just like a it kind could, of comedy, it comedy been. relief it scene. Could, it yeah. could have been in one of the Captain America movies or one of the Avengers films, most likely. I could have totally bought it. For sure. Um, moving along here, uh, they, they actually have a 
a funny little conversation. Um, Captain America, and the scientist, he's the scientist guy, is like, "Hey, where do I get one of those?" And, he, and Captain America's like, "Oh, you don't, you don't get one of these. It's a, it's a one of a kind adamantium vibranium alloy." The scientist guy is like, "You got a name for that?" He's like, "What do you mean? Like trigger? Like do you have a name for your right arm?" And he's like, "No, I don't need a name for my right arm." He's like, "Exactly." Um, so Captain America's getting all snarky. Anyway, they they're gonna go and figure out what's going on. And I guess basically Hydra stole this virus, this computer virus. Uh, they infiltrated the submarine. The USS McKenzie with this Babel virus. It's a captured Russian code designed to scramble uh, the Navy's navigational computers. He says they've already uploaded it to the uh, the communication core. So the only thing stopping this virus from getting out through all our battleships through the entire U.S. Navy is because they're currently in a dead zone between satellites, which sounds completely made up, but we'll roll with it. And he says, but the instant it reaches its next hot zone, it'll ump uplink. I guess they got to get a good Wi-Fi connection or, or something like that before they can actually upload that virus. And then it's going to relay into every navigational computer in the entire U.S. Navy and basically take out the entire Navy. So, of course, Captain America being the uh, the patriot he is, he's not about to let that shit stand. So uh, he's like, 22 minutes. We got 22 minutes until until it's too late. Captain America's, all right, give me give me 21. <laughs> so basically, Captain America is going to head off and and basically he busts into this submarine. Uh, he, just, he basically just knocks on the door. They're like, what was that sound? Open this thing. And Captain America's there. So he busts into the submarine uh, and he starts battling more Hydra agents once again. Uh, some pretty good action scenes here. I'm kind of glossing over a little bit, but I really do enjoy the work of Ron Garney and how he portrays Captain America. Uh, just like maneuvering. They show him throwing the shield, using the shield to whack two guys at once. Uh, they really just show, give you a full display of, of uh, Captain America's uh, like ability to maneuver and utilize the shield to take out like a, a huge number of bad guys at once. Uh, at the same time, in in very Captain America style, not only is he fighting all of Hydra himself at first, but his act of doing that, like all these other Navy guys around, they're like, what the fuck are we just standing here for? Like Captain America's battling all these guys himself and, and we're just going to stand here. So then the Navy guys pick up arms. They start fighting the Hydra guys, too. And they start, you know, grabbing like screwdrivers and like anything they can get to, to join the battle here. So I, I really enjoyed that, that they didn't just have Cap clean up all of Hydra himself here, that they actually showed that his career and the you know his approach to the whole situation inspired the rest of the crew so it became became kind of like a team effort which felt like you know a very a very uh, captain america moment to me um, so basically Captain America like tells all these guys like you guys got to get off the ship like right now like this thing is on a suicide run he's like I got to take this this whole thing down like there's no other way uh, because of what's going to happen now once it gets to, uh, out of that hot zone or into the hot zone and they upload the virus the whole Navy is screwed so we got to stop that um, he finds this one this uh, Lieutenant Commander Rebecca Houston uh, the blonde chick who just happens to kind of look like Sharon Carter I'm sure that has no- nothing to do with why Captain America selected her for this this mission but uh, basically yeah, he's like oh you're the system chief's cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you. We gotta destroy the sub. And she's like, "What?" He's like, "Follow me. I'll, I'll I'll explain as we go here." So they're they're maneuvering around through the bottom of the sub. He's taking out more Hydra guys with the shield as as he go. Uh, he's basically telling them the whole thing about how they got they gotta take out the sub because there's just no other way uh, to do this thing. And she's like, "Hey, it's cool." And she's like, hey, it's cool. I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice myself for my country. He's like, all right, well, we'll see if we got to get around to that. Well, but uh, let's just try to survive first. So this one Hydra guy shows up with his gun and he's about to blast Captain America away. And he's like, you really don't want to do that. We're kind of in a small space here. But the Hydra guy doesn't care because he's just a dumb Hydra thug. Shoots his gun and they just show these ricochets going all throughout uh, the bottom of the boat and just slicing and dicing this guy with his own bullets. And he's like, well, I warned the guy. Captain America is very, like, very full of snark 
in this issue, which I, I just I really enjoyed here. Um, so they're going out and basically they're going to uh, fire these torpedoes uh, to um, try to, to like they have like, these escape pods, but they're just torpedoes. And she's like, we're not we can't just like ride on these torpedoes like these are these are not how we we're going to escape from here. Like we're, we're screwed. It's, it's fine. Like <laughs> I'm really I'm willing to sack myself for my country. And Captain America's like, nah, nah, hold tight. And he wraps the shield around his back and basically wraps his arms around her and is basically protecting her. And he's going to get himself shot with a torpedo to just jettison themselves away from this boat um, so that they can survive while the rest of the thing just it's goes like down some James it, Bond level physics right there. It's it's a very James Bondy uh, episode. Episode. Darn it. Darn it. Oh, it's been a while. So close. Issue. Issue issues episodes episodes issues um but yeah and then they show captain america and uh rebecca sergeant or lieutenant commander houston floating around in the water here hot navy lady yeah hot navy lady Uh, i really enjoy these next few pages here because you don't hear there's no like inner inner monologue or anything you just kind of it's all visual and you see captain america his shields going one way this lady's going another way and he gets her and then he tries she's wearing like a little like you know air mask here he's trying to then swim with her after his shield as the shield is just going further and further down in the ocean and as they go down trying to get the shield you see his face shield whatever you know whatever thing they're wearing that's letting them breathe uh, it's starting to crack and he's realizing like, no, the more I go down and then hers starts to crack. He looks at hers, looks at himself, looks at the shield and he says, you know what? I, I, I got to leave it. And he leaves his shield. So he swims back up to the surface, uh, saves Rebecca Houston, saves hot Navy lady. And the last thing you hear, here you hear, you see, you read whatever um, this, this Navy guy's like, Hey cab, where's your shield? And he just like, looks somberly down at the, at the sea. He's like, it's, it's gone. So, Captain America, two issues into his return, he loses his shield. What'd you think of him losing his shield? What'd you think of his, his decision there to say? I mean, it seems like an obvious choice for any hero. You're going to save the the person over the pieces of equipment. But for Captain America, that, that was a pretty big deal, especially I, I did enjoy how they kind of set this up earlier in the issue uh, where he, he, you know, he addressed the fact this is like a one of a kind item. This isn't something you can just get anywhere. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Steve Rogers in the comics go a, uh, long period of time without his shield when he was nomad uh he didn't have it and a few other times he he also didn't use it when he had a you know different persona even when he went by the captain and john walker the u.s agent who was captain america at the time he had a shield and cap had another shield that was made by tony stark and stuff and it wasn't the same so this isn't the first time we've seen cap without his shield but this is the first time where we're basically told the shield is gone and what mm-hmm. it's really gonna show us in the next couple issues is that it wasn't just a tool it was a lot of who he was it was a part of his history it's part of his fighting style he's come to depend on it in almost a way which makes him somewhat weak without it so you know it, it it's an interesting story because of that there hasn't been a cap story that really looked at the importance of it but with that said you know what it also does it's going to show us a lot about his progression as a man without the thing that makes him feel even remotely comfortable we saw this a lot in avengers infinity war uh, the film where, you know, at the end of Captain America Civil War, he gives up his shield at the end of it. And in Infinity War, we see him basically as just a man without a country, a man without a shield. We just see Steve Rogers, the man. So this this uh, storyline right now is really starting to to look at the 
at the core of that in a way which is going to impact a lot of stories down the road, even I'll, I'll say decades down the road. I, I didn't realize how important this, the symbolism of the shield and everything was because it was more than just a prop device. It was more than just, you know, like his version of like the Batarang or like Wonder Woman's lasso or Thor's hammer. Uh, this comes with its own type of lore with it. And so, you know, I, I didn't appreciate it then, but going back and reading this, uh, I, I appreciate it more now. We're going to get to really look into that with these next couple issues. Yeah, for sure. And I think the key is like kind of what he said to the scientists here. He's like, would you have a name for your right arm? He's like, no, I don't need a name. It's just part of me. You know, and that, that's kind of how Captain America says S.H.I.E.L.D. has been for him this whole time, his entire superhero career. It's just become a part of him. So now we're going to kind of get to see how Captain America uh, maneuvers and starts to act. Especially, I love that we just saw such a, I, I'm sure this was intentional, such a beautiful display from Ron Garney of how Captain America utilizes his S.H.I.E.L.D. in so many different ways. I mean, so so much of this issue was demonstrating you visibly how the shield works and how he uses the shield and and all of that and then suddenly at the end of the the uh, the issue it's taken away from him uh so moving on to issue three oh, wait, again what's, we have what's that guns and roses song you don't know what you missed till it's gone what is it <laughs> I, is that a guns and roses it, song? did i get it wrong is it white snake you can't always get what you want you get what you need you don't know <laughs> what you missed till it's gone Oh yeah, that um, one. Yeah, I think I know. What well, you mean. it's kind of like that. That's what I heard in the back of my head reading <laughs> this issue. I think you're you're trying to reference things that aren't actually of your era. Axel Rose. That's where we run Metallica. That's not your era. Duran you Duran. You were a fetus. You were a fetus when those guys were out. The Monkees. I've been to Guns N' Roses concerts. Come on, Remzo. Work with me here. Did you anyway, get an A or a P discount? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hopefully I will at some point. I mean, I, if I'm still going to, to concerts by the time I get that discount, I'm, I'm going to be through. Do they even have concerts in California? Can you <laughs> no, leave your house? Mm, carefully. <laughs> Very carefully. Moving on to issue three. Again, this is Mark Wade and Ron Garney. And um, we start off pretty hot here. The Smithsonian, we find out, is being evacuated. Why? Because there's some more Hydra shit going on. Hydra's up to all sorts of stuff lately. And uh, we also meet this guy, Agent McElroy. Um, and fans of, of Captain America from prior to Heroes Reborn will recognize him. He kind of became a character um, that kind of became, you know, one of Captain America's buddies that he respects inside the FBI or something like that. Basically he was, he was kind of a character towards the end of that run right before heroes, heroes reborn here. So he's coming back, but at the end of the day, you don't really need to know too much about him. So he's here and that's all you need to know. So, um, but basically there's these two kids that are fucking around inside the museum, like, um, before the Hydra, uh, I guess threatened to release these bombs or whatever it is they're doing in the Smithsonian. These kids were on a field trip and they decide to like, you know, get away from their group. And now they're like hiding and, messing around and all the displays and everything because i guess the smithsonian has absolute garbage security but now that everyone's gone they kind of have like a free run of the place so they're just having a blast they're playing with these old guns uh just messing around with different exhibits and then uh they're they're playing around in this moon landing exhibit and uh they, they're like they're talking to these uh, space guys and they're like take me to your leader and the guy says gladly and we see these two hydra agents who are apparently just chilling in these in these uh space suits for who knows how long and uh, they go after these kids because they're villains and it's what they do uh, we then head to Avengers Mansion, where we see 
something just flying around destroying stuff uh, and then finally thor has to uh has to stop this thing it is captain america's shield wait we just saw the shield what happened well it turns out this is not the shield uh, as you mentioned this happened before tony stark being uh you know being the, the good friend he is and the the man with a lot of money he goes ahead and makes captain america a new shield but cap's not feeling it he's like the weight's off he's like, and tony's like yeah dude like I, I did my best but your shield was like one of a kind i can't just recreate it i can just make a new one so i did my best but whatever and cap's just like he's not feeling it he's like i just can't get the feel for it when i throw it, it just it just doesn't feel right um so cap's kind of struggling with with that whole uh situation there um basically oh and then panther uh, what was her name yeah um panther panthera panther what's the chick's cheetah? name cheetah tiger chick cheetah Ti- no, tiger it's tiger tiger yeah, yeah. yeah. cheetah is wonder woman's enemy tigra is uh this is like a glimpse of lisi hercules um uh, giant man uh these are like i think this is supposed to be taking place around uh these that uh the issues of avengers that we looked at uh after heroes return which is like avengers one through five or so before they had narrowed the team down so you kind of see like all these random avengers quasars there black widows there all these random like avengers from over the years are, are hanging out there and um black panther asks something that i'm wondering too why don't they just send namor down to get the to get the shield what's the big deal here he can swim he can hold his breath he doesn't even need to hold his breath he lives under the sea Talk it's all to good. fish find nemo find the shield yes <laughs> but um in, in classic marvel style uh we find out through a nice little asterisk that uh you know he actually has been searching for the shield but he's also been pretty busy and we find out he's been busy in marvel team up in in that series so who knows what he was doing in there or who he was teaming up with we don't find any of that out here but apparently he has been looking around in his spare time but he's like dude i don't know i, I know i can swim and go everywhere but like it, like you probably would have trouble finding like a stone in the middle of a forest and yes i'm having trouble finding a shield in the middle of the freaking an entire ocean which to me i don't know i get it but also they kind of know where the sub was when this whole thing went down you think they, they, they could narrow it down just a little bit but anyway they, they do address why why namor didn't just go get the shield by by kind of putting that out there for us that was the, the first thing that i was wondering to myself so at least they addressed what was going on in my mind um captain america goes out to the street and he is just again like overwhelmed by fans on the street and this is where i my note was so like wasn't he already crazy famous um so like why is he so taken aback by all this but i think it's it, like like we mentioned earlier it's more that there's like merchandise around him like people want them to sign their toys and the and these things like this which i still find hard to believe there were there wasn't captain america merchandise before but maybe he just never signed off on it so maybe there never was before steve rogers the man of the people yeah uh captain america then uh, sees on the news that there is something going on at the smithsonian uh, and hydra seeking revenge against captain america for throat thwarting their nuclear strike against the u.s has threatened to destroy all of washington unless captain america faces them immediately and alone so he's like all right kids i gotta go and he just runs off the smithsonian because he's captain america so of course he is just running off and not thinking twice about it uh meanwhile back at hydra headquarters we we see hydra talking to a new leader now this is apparently a new leader who for a moment appears to be not mo doc who we may know from the Hulu series, uh, Mo Dam. So I guess there was a female version of Mo Doc named Mo Dam. Anyway, this is neither of those. This is actually someone else who crawls out of the... Now, for those that don't know, that haven't uh, seen the visual, Mo Doc is basically just a giant head in like this robot contraption chair. Um, and you think that Mo Doc or Mo Dam, I guess in this case, is like the new leader of Hydra, but no. It's this other guy who crawls out, and he's just this kind of 
weird looking Hydra dude with red hair and a and a freaky mustache. So basically, he was walking around in a dead, not Modoc Modam's body. Yeah, I guess so. That's kind of gross. I don't know if it's supposed to be like an actual body or if it's supposed to be a, a replica of some kind. So, so Modam was supposed to be like Modoc's wife. But instead of working for AIM, Modam went off to Hydra and she died at one point in a fight with, I think, the Avengers. And they just kind of kept her body in the closet. So when they see Modam coming down the hallway, they're all freaking out. And they're like, I'm telling you, Modam moved. I saw her twitch. And the other guy's like, impossible. She's dead, man. And the next thing they're like, shit, it's Modam. So Modam comes like, you know, hobbling down the hallway with her like yellow creepy eyes. And she's all talking like, I am Modam. Beware my fright of large head and then you know <laughs> hydra ginger kid just comes out and he's like damn this is really fun you've just got like dead not modoc modam bodies like lying around that's some that that's some weird shit yeah and th- this new hydra leader is like a kid in the candy store he's like whoa is this baron strucker's is this really baron strucker's sword how hot is that this is awesome and these hydra guys are like is this really the new supreme hydra like i'm gonna fucking stab this guy like this guy's so annoying he's like oh yes supreme hydra and they're like this guy's like supreme yeah i don't know that's, that sounds kind of lame to me how about you call me the sensational hydra and he chops this hydra dude's arm off and just starts cackling and cackling and cackling and he, he quotes the the famous hydra phrase cut off a limb and two more shall take its place He's like, come on, where is it? He's like, oh, I guess that was a metaphor. I guess you don't really grow a new arm back. So this is the guy that's leading this new faction of Hydra. And I, I don't know how he was supposed to get there like, uh, like, or like how it came up. Like, Can anyone just say, like, I'm a new Supreme Hydra, I'm a new Hydra leader? Because they didn't seem to like know who he was, but they just accepted that he was their new boss. At, le- at least after they saw him chop off an arm. Maybe that's what got them to, to fall in line. But I don't, know how, I don't know how Hydra succession works. Hydra's kind of like a franchise. You just kind of buy into it and hope corporate doesn't come in and you know take over things too hard it's like dunder mifflin so this sensational hydra is like the the michael scott yeah let's let's call it that he is kind of like a michael scott character he's always kind of joking around his employees don't really like get the jokes or like the jokes but they deal with them he's cutting off arms crawling into dead modam bodies yeah it's a fair enough analogy it's like if ant-man went in a dead body and grew just large enough to make him walk around (laughs) inside modam man this is weird let's move on (laughs) Yeah, for for it's for the best. I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Captain America is busting busting his ass over to the Smithsonian, and this one guy's like, Captain America, what's your plan? He's like, to stop Hydra, and this other guy's like, oh, it's a good plan. Um, and uh, a lot a lot of like subtle humor in in Mark Wade's writing too. Like, there's there's never an issue except maybe Kingdom Come because that was super serious. But even in there, there was a few funny moments like uh, the Metropolis milk toast and what have you. He sneaks in some like sneaky, funny, somewhat hokey like comedy it's dialogue throughout all of his. Yeah, smart humor. There you go. So Captain America busts into the Smithsonian, immediately dodges a missile, and then he's like, he sees these kids. He's like, oh, what? Oh, God damn, what are you doing here? He's like, sorry, we didn't mean to. There's these like green freak guys everywhere. We don't know what's going on. And he's like, and they're like, hey, wait, is that you? And they point to this display that is the Invaders. And by the way, I looked at Invaders number 12 in a very recent edition of the Random Marvel Comics podcast. Uh, you can hear that exclusively on our Patreon at patreon.com slash secondprintpod. I really enjoyed that that issue, by the way. Um, anyway, so now we're seeing Captain America look back on his time in the Invaders. He's like, oh, yeah, that is me. That was, uh, that was a long time ago. And these kids are like, dude, how old are you? <laughs> like, this is World War II. Imagine if it was today. 
And he's like, unlike you, I'm old enough to know better. Now stay close. Follow my every move. I don't know. I think you tell him to hide. Should they really stay close to the the guy who is the target of, of all of Hydra's uh, machinations here? It's like leaving kids of Batman. Things just don't work out. Yeah, exactly. Um, basically, all these different displays are like booby trapped. So he's like, Captain America is kind of like going through time uh, through different historical events. Like in the, at the Chicago fire display, it blows up and there's like a big fire. At There's like a 1906 San Francisco earthquake display and it like there's like an earthquake there so i just kind of found it enjoyable him like going through these historical events and and just you know hydra time trying to take him out in, in various ways they really went through a lot of work to set up to set up all these very specific types of uh types of explosions and weaponry at very specific uh displays i guess i gotta i gotta give them some credit for creativity here they, they weren't they're not just like showing up with a bunch of random bombs like they really put some thought and time into how they were going to try to kill captain america here which I liked. Basically, the kids think Captain America is lame because he doesn't want to go killing all these Hydra guys. He's like, "What?" He's like, "Whoa, whoa, kids! I'm not going to go on a killing spree here. Like, I don't kill. I'm Captain America." And they're like, "Oh man, this is so lame. Like, why couldn't we get saved by somebody cool like Punisher or the Ghost Rider? Like, these guys, <laughs> these kids are bloodthirsty. <laughs> these freaking kids." Uh, which I enjoyed too because it really just plays the off 90s. the nineties. They know what they want. Nineties kids. It's it's actually very accurate to what kids in the nineties were. You know, like that. That's that's the characters that were cool then. You know, Punisher, Ghost Rider. Uh, that really was an epitome of the 90s like the you know the heroes the the hero slash anti-hero that is willing to do acts and deeds that are just as dastardly as whatever villain they're fighting uh but captain america provides a stark contrast to that um but yeah but they, the kids think cap is pretty lame cap throws his shield uh and actually like has to take actually gets hit by a bullet to protect these kids because he, he throws the shield his crappy shield that you know he's not even really that good at throwing uh so then he realizes these kids are defenseless the hydra goes to shoot him and he literally just jumps and takes a bullet in the right shoulder. So how lame now these kids think Captain America is. Um, Then we go to New York. We got a little interlude. We see Sharon Carter is uh, going through this secret barber shop door. Uh, she jumps. She like goes down through this hole, and there she is, hanging out with a bunch of Shield agents, including Dum Dum Duggan. What can you tell me about Dum Dum Duggan or Dugan? I don't know. Dum Dum Duggan was part of the original. Dugan, yeah. Sergeant Nick Fury in the Howling Commando series, going all the way back to Timely Comics during World War II. He also took the Infinity so- Formula, which made uh, Sergeant Nicholas J. Fury, who would later become Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., later come on to be uh, Director Nick Fury of S.H.I.E.L.D., and he always was Nick Fury's number two. Until recently, we discovered that Dum Dum Dugan, for this entire time, had not actually taken the Infinity Formula, but was part of a series of cyborgs who did not know of their own reality. So at the time of this recording, none of this matters to you, but just take for the fact that Dum Dum Dugan is old as shit and he's wearing a bowler hat in the 90s looking cool. That's all you need to know. All right. That was a hell of a recap. Hell of a Dum Dum Dugan recap. A lot of new listeners were just like, this is why I don't read this shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I listen to these two idiots talking about this shit instead of actually. He's reading. a cyborg. What? World War II? What? I'll just. Okay, cool. Bowler hat guy. I'll just say here across these uh, issues, we're going to see a couple appearances by Sharon Carter. None of them matter for this run. This is all setting up a miniseries. Sharon is a Sharon Carter slash Nick Fury miniseries that I guess is coming out around this time. So don't don't fret yourself too much about what Sharon Carter is doing at this point. But if you do like Sharon Carter and you are a fan of her character, uh, her and Cap have a hell of a, a hell of a seven or eight issues in the run that I mentioned earlier prior to Heroes Reborn. So you see a lot more of Sharon Carter uh, in action there. Um, 
So back to, let's see. So uh, Captain America is battling um, battling Hydra again. They get his shield. They're like, sweet, we got Captain America's shield. Badass, this priceless relic, the most unique weapon on Earth. It's finally ours. Ha, ha, ha. And then they look back. They're like, all right, just go get Captain America first. And, oh, oh, nope, he's gone because they turned away for two seconds. They're like, where, where'd he go? Where's Captain America? Uh, and they're, they, they have these guns right in these kids' faces here. And then Captain America says, drop, you hear from off screen, drop your weapons, do your worst. And he's running at them with a new shield. It's the replica shield from the invaders display that he was just in. And he is just blocking all these bullets. He feels at home. I don't even know. Maybe it's not a replica. Maybe it's actually was, it's which explains his comfort with it. Yeah. Cause he's, he's using this shield. Like, like, you know, like he found his right arm again. Like he, he totally maneuvers with it. He blocks all the bullets. He takes out all the Hydra guys and, and that's it. He takes them all out. So uh, getting this new shield really kind of it seemed to put a little new life into Captain America here and enable him to take out these Hydra guys. Uh, but Cap's had a few, a rough couple days here. He battled Hydra on the ship. He lost his freaking shield. He just had to battle through the whole Smithsonian. Took a takes a bullet to the shoulder. He he is sick of some he's sick of this shit. Basically, he goes out. This McElroy guy there guy is there. He uh, he has a little conversation with him. He's like, oh yeah, James McElroy. I, I've heard of you. I guess they didn't really interact in, in in the previous run, but but McElroy was involved in it. And he's like, yeah, we. Hang out sometime. He's like, cool. Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Great. Anyway, Captain America goes to the news and gets interviewed. And during this interview, Caps Captain America says, basically says, I am sick of this bullshit. Hydra is an intolerable cancer, and I want it known that as of today, I am declaring war on Hydra, and I will not rest until they are wiped from the face of the earth. And of course, on the news. Uh, Hydra is watching this and they're like, sir, sir, do you hear? Uh, it's a sensational Hydra here. And he's like, swing, bada, bada. He's just swinging this guy's, this guy's arm around. And he's like, look, unfortunately, he's like, no, not fortunately. Fortunately, I already have a counter plan and it hinges on one man. Bring me Batrock. And the guy's like, Batrock? And that's the end of the ep- episode. Uh, end of the episode. End of the issue. Oh, I'm back. I'm back to my old ways, Ramzo. Sheesh. I thought I was cured. Um, we've done a few of these this episode uh, but remzo what can you tell me about batrock the leaper batrock the leaper is one of cap's oldest enemies going back to his 1960s restart in the current marvel continuity he's a burglar he's an assassin he's a thief with the ability to use amazing parkour skills to put on a costume and charge a lot of people to commit some heinous crimes and in the mcu he is portrayed by mma fighter george st pierre who was unjustly unceremoniously just can i spoil it has it been long enough yeah no it's been like a month it's not a spoiler anymore i'm still pissed how they just like shoot him and like just drop him right there was he supposed to have died i don't think so people were mad that he was dead i'm like this is comics guys like unless you see a body like completely ripped in shreds and even then probably doesn't matter anyway uh he's not really dead so i still think how they did it was stupid it was kind of lame. It's like it's they like the whole... it's like in season three of, I think it's season three, season three of Daredevil, when uh, mm-hmm. when they kill Elektra, it was just one of those moments where it's just like it was kind of weird. Now you know they're bringing Elektra back, but at the same time, it's also just kind of dumb because it's like you know the, the way you just did it is just so disingenuous. It's just I'm, I'm pissed. I'm pissed, Mark. And if you want to hear me be pissed about more things on that show, go back and listen to the Falcon and Winter Soldier recaps I did of Caleb Franz only on the Second Print Comics Patreon. You'll hear me scream for hours. 
I think Remzo's anger on the, like the, probably the last two episodes of that show are, are well, well, well worth your $5 a month, especially <laughs> the one where you had to frantically look for the uh, the post credit scene that you didn't realize happened, the live searching for it. Entertaining stuff. Not a lot gets past me when it comes to these things, but that was one of those things that got past me. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, so... Just another reason to head over to patreon.com slash second print prod. Help us grow the show and help support your favorite little couple of jokey pod, jokey comic reading podcasters here. Um, so now we are at Captain America issue number four. Once again, Mark Wade and Ron Garney bringing us the action and we get right into the action as Captain America is uh, falling after a nerve canister. And uh, who's there to help? His good old buddy Hawkeye. Um, so yeah, Hawkeye is there and everyone is swarming Captain America. They're so excited to see him. Uh, there's this councilman, Andrew Bolt, who wants to get his endorsement and he's like, yeah, I don't really do endorsements, dude, so I don't, I'm not sure if you know too much about me. A but Democrat did strip me of my citizenship one time yeah yeah that clinton that clinton guy did, did, did <laughs> take my citizenship away but i don't know that was before this whole weird onslaught heroes thing and i don't even know what's going on anymore. i hope so, that george along. w bush guy works out well <laughs> so yeah the, these fans are adorning are just absolutely adoring um, um captain america while just no one cares about hawkeye at all <laughs> whatsoever um and basically Ca- uh, hawkeye is decides he's going to take captain america out for lunch he's like let's go hang out man it's been a while we just did this whole onslaught return thing and some shit's been weird so let's go hang out uh and they go hang out and he just takes him out to mess with him basically hawkeye's just kind of being a total asshole he comes out in this captain america helmet that he just bought at this store takes him to this Captain America like like merchandising place and Hawkeye's just basically like fucking with him the whole time and Captain America just hates the hates the merchandising I also made a note here like wait who's getting this who's getting this money like this this Captain America obviously he didn't sign off on any of this stuff does he get any cut of this it doesn't seem like it which maybe that's the real reason maybe that's the reason he's really pissed about this he's like so you want to know something funny that absolutely matters not an iota in the real world they actually discussed this in the comics later on because Captain in America is technically government property. They literally refer to him as government property. The government has the rights to his likeness and brand. So everything you see is actually approved by the Department of Defense. So whenever there's a Captain America movie, comic, action figure at all in the Marvel Universe, it's literally the government getting into merchandising Captain America. All right. Well, there's the explanation. So I guess he's not getting the damn cut of it because he's nah, property, so. No, he's getting a pat on the back. He's not getting a dime. Basically, Hawkeye is just being really obnoxious here. That's what I took from this episode, from this issue. Damn it. I just really, it's really come all the way back with the fury. Huh? It's like <laughs> Tourette's. I'll be talking about this with my therapist later in the week. Um, yeah, and uh, we see a little, little another uh, interlude of Sharon Carter. She is looking for Nick Fury, who is supposedly dead, but obviously not really dead because Nick Fury is never really dead because it's always just a robot that ever got killed every time they think he's dead. And all of this matters not at all for us because, as I mentioned, it is just setting up the Fury slash Agent 13 limited series on sale soon, at least on sale soon in 1998. Um, back to uh, Captain America and Hawkeye kind of hanging out in the city and Captain America is basically being all all contemplative here he's uh, he's giving this whole speech about how he can really make a big difference in such a complicated world and as he's thinking all this to himself he hears these kids yelling and screaming what are they yelling about 
It's freaking Batchrock the Leaper. Batchrock is causing trouble in Times Square, messing with these kids. He's saying, tell my worthy opponent that... that I'm going to try to do the, do the accent. Tell my worthy opponent that is who will snap the necks of these innocent men unless he answers my challenge, Captain America. Where are you? That's my Batchrock the Leaper. I dig it. And he just... He jumps right in, speaking in Captain America, and Batchrock start, start, start a battle, and he's like, wait, you're working for Hydra? What the hell? Because these two kids are like, hell, Hydra! Hydra, Batrock, serve the cause. So then Cap realizes, like, wait, th- those weren't real kids. Those are just Hydra people. And she was like, what's going on here? You're working for Hydra? He's like, I thought you were reformed. <laughs> He's like, well, I thought you were dead. So I guess we were both mistaken. Uh, Long have I honed my Savate skills for our rematch, Capitan. Prepare yourself for a Batrock unlegsy one you have known before. And uh, we go back and Sensational Hydra, uh, who I just, who I really enjoy throughout this, is just is really enjoying watching the battle. And this one Hydra agent is like, like, Batrock, this is your really, this is your whole plan here? Like, is he really a match for Captain America? He's like, don't ask, just buy it. I know what I'm doing. Trust me here. And he's just eating popcorn, having a good time. Uh, we then have another little interlude where these two guys are on a beach and they're just kind of talking. They're like, look, we're still on payroll. We're committed to maintaining this base here. It's a cushy gig. Chill out. And then suddenly there's this weird, like, shadow creeping up behind them. And then suddenly you, you, you see one guy running and screaming from this other shadow. The other guy you just see is turn into a skeleton that looks uh, somewhat like the red skull uh and this guy is just like fading into fading into the shadow fading away and he's screaming he's back he's back and i do believe this is the return of the red skull but this is again just mark way just like he did with kang in the first issue this is mark way just planting some seeds for later on in the run so you don't need to know anything more about the red skull coming back uh for this for the purposes of this podcast uh moving on um captain america and batrock now they're they're talking captain america's like you know what forget this i'm not fighting you batrock i'm out of here and batrock's like what i've always held you in the deepest respect Capitan, what has become of you? Surely you have not turned cowardly since we last dueled. Defend yourself. And he's like, no, you're a mercenary, but you're not wanted for anything, and I'm really not in the mood for a grudge match right now, so I'm just leaving. And all these people are like, "Like, are you hearing this? Captain America's just, what is he, what is he yella? Uh, why isn't he fighting? What's wrong with him? And they're like, well, you know, it's probably some secret plan. You know, Captain America never backs down. And Batrock's pissed off. He's like, you dismiss me? And he leaps after Captain America and gets nailed by an arrow from Hawkeye who is still hanging around here and so he, he basically saved Captain America from, from getting jumped from behind from, from backdrop by backdrop to Leaper and then Captain America yells he's like Hawkeye you idiot you're not gonna be able to maneuver down there on the ice and he's like oh yeah the ice shit so then uh, because apparently Batrock can jump around and leap around and I guess maybe he's wearing ice ice boots of some kind that let him jump around and maneuver on the ice. He kicks the crap out of Hawkeye. Something like that. Yeah, he, he kicks the total total crap out of Hawkeye, but Captain America, who apparently can maneuver on ice because he's got those fancy red boots, uh, he, he goes around, kicks Batrocks butt, and uh, yeah, that's basically... They actually, have a, I'm glossing over it again, but they have a pretty cool uh, battle here where Batrock has his little, his little staff, and he's battling Captain America, who's got that new slash old shield. It's a pretty good little fight scene over, over a couple pages here. I, I really do... I think Ron Garney is one of like the better Captain America artists that I've seen because he, he's really always able to portray what what may not sound at, like in, interesting battle scenes the way I describe them. He really does portray things in a very interesting way. Like at one point, Captain America uses that uh, that old shield as like a sled and like sleds himself like really fast towards Batrock and, and kicks him in the face and that, that's how he ends up defeating him basically. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say like compared to Captain America comics prior to this and even a lot after this, this is probably some of the best Captain America actual combat 
that is out there. Like I, this sure. is incredibly underrated. Like I remember reading this, uh, you know, about five, six years after this series would, would end and then get rebooted during the Brubaker run. But this is like, this is some of the best fighting. Like if you really want to see the type of Captain America fighting style that you have loved to have seen from like the Russo brothers and everyone else and the, um, Chris Evans, Captain America tenure, like this is probably where it comes from. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, like that, that's I wouldn't say it's my favorite part of this series because I think the writing is, is sensational, <laughs> sensational, um, but just like the Hydra, but uh, like the really some of the best action uh, of, of just just showing Captain America for what he is and displaying his skills. I mean, it, it, you're going to be hard pressed to find much better action scenes from Captain America than, than this stuff from Ron Garney here. Uh, but yeah, they, they basically kick, kick Batrock's butt and Batrock's like, all right, well, I'm getting out of here anyway. <laughs> And uh, he's like, all right. And Captain America's like, like, all right, I'm really pissed now, Batrock. I, I, I can keep going. The question is, can you? And Batrock's like, for no now. Congratulations, Mon Capitan. Truly, you have reached the peak of your fighting prowess. Unfortunately for you, I have not. We will meet again until that time. Adieu. And he takes off. And, uh, and Hawkeye is about to shoot him in the back as he runs away. And Captain America's like, no, the fight's over. He has to actually like, grab his bow and like stop him. He's like, no, the fight's over. This was Should've stupid. Let him do this it. is a. Yeah, should have done and, it. Yeah, should have let him. Should have let him do should've it. Should have done Hawkeye's it. Like, well, fine. We we still kicked his butt. Well, you kicked his butt actually, because I'm useless. And and Captain America's like, yeah, this is just a, a pointless way to to spend the afternoon. He's like, he's like, this is this is so dumb. Like, I wasn't defending my country. I wasn't fighting to protect the innocent. I was brawling because some idiot came gunning for me. What a pathetic waste of time. Earlier, I was beating myself up for letting things happen rather than making them happen. Could I have found a better example? I fought a dozen. I fought a battle of thought. I fought a dozen times before, and it did nothing to make the world. A better place this wasn't a heroic act act it was a wrestling match with just as little at stake which i find very insulting to professional wrestling fans but we will move on uh speaking of which check out all the great professional wrestling content and pop culture content on the north south connection podcast feed where you can find this very podcast every single sunday yeah but this whole crowd is just cheering captain america and again he's getting all this adoration they're like cap 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 they're, they're saying cap 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 and hawkeye's like give me an h and they're like not buying that at all like yeah whatever <laughs> um which i really find funny then we no then go back to Hawkeye. sensational hydra who is just uh he's he's enjoying some popcorn enjoying watching this whole thing and uh it turns out that he actually paid batrock to take a fall against captain america uh and then this hydra agent's like not that you needed to pay him to take a fall like he, like he was gonna win anyway and he says well if you knew that captain america would win this fight why send batrock at all why escalate this frenzy over captain america and he's like, are you kidding me? Uh, work with me here, all right? Try to keep up. I want the whole world to worship Captain America. After all, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. So Sensational Hydra has got a plan here. We don't know what it is, but we're going to find out, uh, starting with the next issue, where we have, I think this may be the last Ron Garney we get here, uh, just in issue five here. Mark Wade and Ron Garney. Um, Captain America has in, has gone. He's basically taking the battle to Hydra. As he mentioned uh, a couple issues ago, he's declaring war on Hydra. So he's gone on the offensive and he is showing up at a Hydra, um, a Hydra location, Hydra headquarters in London. And he's just taking it right to Hydra. He's brought Thor along. That's how much Cap is not messing around. He brought the freaking God of Thunder with him. Who conspicuous by its absence is the beard in the first few issues of the Avengers series we had bearded Thor and uh, who is actually Eric Masterson Thor and now he no longer has the beard so I'm not sure if he's Eric Masterson whoa 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 wait yeah so the Thor <laughs> that comes out of Heroes Return 
is not Thor Odinson, Donald Blake. It's Eric Masterson. In Heroes, in the Avengers Return, the Avengers Heroes Return that we looked at, it was Eric Masterson because there were scenes where he was like, they don't even know that I'm not really the real Thor. So, yeah, I guess somehow it was. I always I thought that was Infinity Gauntlet. No, oh, no, he wow. was, it, it was, it was Eric Masters and Thor for some amount of time. Wow. And, and, and then I'm not sure, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but then he turned into Thunderstrike and went into the Thunderstrike series, whereas regular Thor came back and was the one you see in Avengers and, and it's, uh, so. okay. So this is original Thor that we see now. This I believe is now original Thor. Correct. Cause he doesn't have the beard. Oh, that's, that's wild. I would, I would have yeah. never put two and two together. Yeah. A lot of weird stuff goes on with Thor in these, in these eras. I, I do remember, I actually have like the first like 25 issues or which might be the whole series of that Thunderstrike strike series. I was actually really into it for some reason. It did not last long, like at all. Yeah. It lasted me long enough to, to collect, to collect them all for some reason. So maybe I will do a, an issue looking back at that just to see why I was into is it. Is it in the fuck it pile? <laughs> no, it's actually has a bag, has bags and boards and everything. It's in the note. Don't fuck it pile. Um, but I, I think for me, like at this time, I was even like characters I've known for a long time. It's probably a reason I, I was so excited to pick up Avengers number one, Captain America number one with this hero's return stuff is because I just like fresh starts. I like when I can feel like I'm in something from the beginning. So when something has a new number one, if it's something I think I might get into, I, I was just especially this time in my fanhood i'd be a lot more likely to pick it up and try to like the collector in me would just want to have like all the issues of thunderstrike since i can collect it from the beginning why i don't know because i think thunderstrike is cool for some reason even though he's probably really lame so maybe we'll find that out in the future his name was thunderstrike Gets cooler Thunderstrike. than that. <laughs> what is cooler than that? Uh, but anyway, yeah, Cap and uh, Thor are battling Hydra. Uh, as you can imagine, they're, they're pretty at match. There's also some shield agent, agents here. We got uh, Dum Dum Dugan is there. I think we have, I don't know if that's the original Human Torch or something, or Toro or somebody. Um, but yeah, there's a Torch guy of some kind. Do you know who that is? They don't say. I think that. But I think it. Man, is I Jim think- Hammond still around? Jim Jim Hammond comes back, but he's not around right now. Maybe it's Toro. I don't know. Maybe it's nobody. Maybe it's someone I don't even know. Maybe it's an LMD. I don't know. Either way, he looks kind of kind of torchy. I mean, his head's glowing, and they don't explain anything. They don't even refer to him. He's just kind of there. There. Yeah, I I have no idea who he is. Um, yeah, but anyway, they're like arresting this one Hydra agent. And he's like, all right, all right, we're going to take Blabbermouth here into custody because I guess this guy's been talking. And suddenly this guy gets shot because he's like, all right, well, plug him now that he's told Cap what I want him to know. And he shoots this Hydra agent. Um, this is after that that Hydra agent had previously told Captain America. He's like, no, this is like a splinter group of Hydra that, that sprung off. They're being run by this guy, uh, this sensational Hydra guy. But we're just we're just a fragment of Hydra. We're not we have no specific agenda. Uh, we're just following this sensational Hydra guy. That's all. That's all that Cap gets out of the guy. But that was enough for sensational to go ahead and kill him and then run away. So sensational's got balls, man. He runs out. He runs right up. Somehow he got there. I don't know how. Somehow he got there without anybody realizing he was there. Oh, I just realized what happened. I just realized that now I get it. Ah, uh, now I get it. That is actually that shield agent. I don't want to, I'm going to come back to it because I don't want to spoil what's happening with sensational, but I, I realize what happened. So, so that, that is going to come back. Yeah, that's going to, I figured it all out now. Okay. Cause I must've completely missed this doing a second reading. 
Yeah. So we get a little interlude here where Captain America and Thor go to a pub. And it's pretty funny because uh, Captain America just sits down, orders a chocolate shake. <laughs> and then the, the mead's like, and then she's like, yeah, mead for this guy, right? For, for Thor. And uh, yeah, basically, uh, Thor, basically, they have this little conversation here. And Thor tells Captain America, enjoy the praise. He's like, in Asgard, we wonder, like, if the people stop believing in us, will we even, would we cease to exist? So you should want to be praised, want people to think of you, want people to remember you, because maybe that's the only thing that, that keeps you mad mattering in this world. So just a fun, kind of fun little conversation, conversational interlude there. Uh, we then see sensational Hydra is on TV with like a hostage here. And he's, he's calling out captain America. He's basically telling him, uh, I think he's telling him to head up to the empire state building. Is Freaking gingers. Yeah. Uh, he's just laughing and cackling. He's like, I want to see it to the empire state building. So he tells captain America, he's like, come by yourself again. Come meet me at the top of the empire state building. And uh, this reporter guy like tries to follow Captain America up, and he's he's like, "Hey, uh, my name is Cap. I'm Gordon Winchester uh, with American Exclusive. I'm gonna go in with you." And he's like, "What? No, you're not going in with me." He's like, "The people need to see if you can you can do this." He's like, tr- "Like they trust me. We all know I can handle it. Stay out of this. Just stay out." But this reporter guy kind of like sneaks in and follows him anyway. So Captain America goes in, does Captain America things, kicks a bunch of Hydra butt, and then suddenly that freaking reporter th- there is there behind him. He's like, "What?" And Cap's like, "What are you doing here? How'd you even get in here?" He's like. I'm really persistent. This could be the story of the year, but Captain America has to jump and, and, you know, save him from these Hydra bullets that are are flailing at him. And he's like, man, everywhere I go these days, people have, (laughs) what is this line about the sidekick? So yeah, he's like, I can't let you fall into Hydra's hands. Uh, Follow me and follow orders. He's like, man, everywhere I go these days, I have sidekicks. The last issue he is with Hawkeye. The issue before that, he's with these kids in the Smithsonian. The issue before that, he's with a hot, hot, sexy Navy lady. So he's got like a sidekick and and someone he has to like protect basically in every issue here. Uh, But Cap goes and wails away. He's really loving the new shield. Kicks a bunch of Hydra butt. Uh, he's talking to this reporter guy in in the stairs, and and Cap's just like, "This is gonna be this is gonna be too easy." Hydra's not even trying to stop me. This is a trap, and he's like, "And you're just walking right into it." And Cap's like, "I said it was a trap. I didn't say I was I was worried. Come on." And then they go into the observation deck, and then you see. This guy, this reporter guy, suddenly changes, and he is now suddenly sensational. Hydra, what? You cannot trust the fake news media. You really, yeah, you can literal the literal fake news media here, and it's high, sensational's there. He's just like, "Honey, we're home," and he's like, "What? What are you? What the hell are you doing here?" He's like, "Ha ha! What are you guys waiting for? Open fire!" So these guys start shooting. Of course, uh, Cap just kicks all sorts of Hydra butts, and Hydra butt, and uh, Sensational says, "Surprise! Were you? Well, here's a tip: things aren't always what they seem to be around me." And Sensational Hydra turns into a scroll. And now I realize what happened before. He was shifting was, into the shield agent. Yeah, okay. he was he was already the shield agent. He yeah. was just a random shield agent. That and then he that's why he was able to be right there. He just turned from that shield agent into Sensational Hydra and shot the guy. So I missed that on my first my first. I, I went back, I so I, I I'm looking at this on the Marvel Unlimited app like you. I swipe back to that page and it's not that we ignored something or or went past something. They don't do a proper transition to show that. So yeah. that's my one. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a flow criticism. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to see if you don't like now. Once you realize what happened, you can go back and it makes sense. But at the time, you're just like, what's going on? Why does this guy have a flaming head? What's, what's happening? here? I, I guess through both readings, almost a decade and a half apart, as I mentioned, that's one of those things that I I I guess I may have noticed it. I, this is really the first time right now I've really kind of noticed it. But it was disconnected from my continued reading of it, and it was never 
it, it, it was never affected. Just looking at back at it now, it's like, oh, yeah, they actually don't do a good job at that. But that's the only thing they don't do well at. Yeah, my, minor complaint. Uh, and then and then Captain America's like, wait, he's a Skrull. And then also the Hydra guys are also like, wait a minute, he's a Skrull. And he's like, yeah, that's right. And you are all loose ends. And then he says, hostages, wrap them up. And these two hostages, they transform into scrolls as well. And they light up these Hydra guys and kill all the Hydra guys. Captain America is, of course, very upset about this because he's a hero. And even when Hydras die, he gets upset. Um, and he's going after these these uh, scrolls. But what do they use? They use scroll handcuffs. And they capture Captain America. Scroll handcuffs are made for shapeshifters. So they shift around you no matter what you're doing uh so they have claimed uh captain america as their prisoner meanwhile uh this sensational hydra guy who is not a sensational hydra he is a scroll uh he basically like you know uh he he gives their motive here he's like i've been scheming towards infiltrating hydra with my two cohorts building your reputation through a series of public battles wrapping all up with a hostage situation an anti-hydra mission televised coast to coast believe me america already loves you but this will put you over the top which suits me just fine i want captain america to be an icon i want people to worship him because then they'll believe anything he says and give him anything he wants as this sensational hydra scroll transforms into captain america and at they these other two scrolls take captain america away and then this scroll captain america leaps down into the adoring crowd he's chanting his name uh he gives this little speech here and he says, before I could stop them, the Hydra madmen cut themselves down rather than risk capture. Insane and tragic still. Mark my words, Hydra will no longer be a threat to my country. And they're all like, how did you do that? What's going on here? He's like, look, look, that's all I can say right now. The crisis is over, but I'll be speaking again soon. And at great length, I've come to the conclusion there are things to be done in this country. And Captain America is just the man to do them with the power of the people behind me. Nothing can stand in my way to be continued. I also uh, think I kind of glossed over uh, these, like, for some reason, these scrolls were like separated from the rest of the scrolls and they were like stuck on earth and they were really pissed about it um that, that's the, that's the summary of what what the deal is with these, these yeah uh, these scrolls must have been watching some christopher nolan movies because they're going for real <laughs> deep cuts on this one yeah yeah they really are uh we then go to issue number six now we are now saying goodbye to ron garney and welcoming in the art of dale eaglesham um what do you think about dale eaglesham what do you think about the switch to his art here and uh, are you i was not really familiar with him uh, outside of this run how do I put it without sounding mean? Um, not the smoothest transition. It's not the smoothest transition. Maybe if they were, maybe if they were starting a new story arc, I would have been okay. But I don't like it when they switch artists mid-story because it almost feels like it. It's, I have to get used to it again. Yeah, that, that's the weird thing because I, I was kind of debating where to where to break up this issue, uh, this episode, uh, issue wise, and I, I came to the conclusion to do the first seven issues of this run because it kind of does wrap up the storyline. But this particular arc uh, is this is actually like part two. This is called Power, Power and Glory, Glory, Chapter Two. So Chapter One started with Ron Garney, and Chapter Two goes to Dale Eaglesham. And I just I don't like the. It, it's not even about whether Dale Eaglesham is a good artist or not, but the the change is so dramatic, especially when you're reading them straight through like this that it's it's kind of jarring it's like it's it's almost like you have to get used to this new this new style of art here uh because it is quite different from uh, ron garney's artwork 
Uh, but moving into issue six now, uh, basically you see Captain America, who the reader knows is Skrull Captain America. He is in Avengers Mansion. He has uh, tons of letters. Uh, we kind of get a recap of everything that has, has brought us to this point. Um, yeah, and, and uh, this is actually where uh, he talks about uh, the thing with the Skrulls here. Uh, he says, with the captain safely tucked away by my two lieutenants. Yeah, I know. I'm, I don't need to read this. We all we all know what happened here. Uh, basically, Captain America is just or Skrull Captain America is just reminiscing about how they got how he got to this point and he's kind of sitting there messing with some some buttons when iron man walks in he's like oh iron man hey he's like hey be careful with those controls you don't want to deactivate half the security systems in the american government do you and uh hydra hydra cap scroll thinks to himself oh man i love this gig uh meanwhile we basically get like half an issue here of captain america trying to get out of these these uh scroll handcuffs and he's trying everything he's trying like like this um what's it called fire extinguisher he's trying to use a fire extinguisher he's trying to use a, a blowtorch he's just like knocking and knocking all these things around and trying to use anything he can. He tries to actually throw himself into this electrical box and nothing is working. Like he's just running into things left and right. Like nothing's working on these, these scrawl handcuffs. Uh, we then see a guy I mentioned earlier, president Bill Clinton is there in the, doing an interview in a TV studio. Uh, when uh, there are these these terrorists show up, yelling death to the president, and he's like, terrorists? How'd they get in here? Uh, but then who comes to show, and show up and save President Clinton is, of course, Captain America. And um, meanwhile, or of course, we all we know that is the the fake scroll Captain America. But he's like, oh, hey, uh, there's, a, there's a funny line here where Bill Clinton's like, hey, nice save. How do you how do you move so fast? And he says, I've got the muscles of a Denebian Rax beast. And he's like, pardon? He's like, oh, nothing. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing here? Building trust. You sap is what he thinks to himself. And uh, so basically we go back to Captain America, who is struggling, real Captain America, who is still struggling uh, with these scroll handcuffs. And he thinks to himself. I refuse to accept that I am not smarter than a scroll, which sounds a little racist to me, to be honest with you. As far as I have, we have seen the scrolls; they've been pretty darn smart over the years. Yeah, but they're also managed. I mean, they've also managed to have been tricked by the Fantastic Four and turned into cows. So we can't, well, we can't, yeah. we can't trust them too much to be smart. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So these other two scrolls, they're all there uh, now, and they turn into a congressman and a reporter. So now all the three scrolls, uh, scrolls are uh, in in disguise again. Meanwhile, this Andrew Bolt guy, this congressman, he's like, "Hey, Cap, remember when I asked you for my endorsement?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, that's right, I remember that." He's like, "Well, you certainly have my vote." And he's like, "Wait, wait, are you serious? Wait, I thought I thought you didn't do endorsements." He's like, "Well, whatever. All right, cool." And Captain America just endorses this guy. He's like, "All right, then welcome to the the state's next congressman, Andrew Bolt." So I don't know, you know, what the point of that. Is other than to just show that this this version of Captain America is is fine to do things that the other Captain America would not do. Uh, finally, back to Captain America trying one last thing to break out of these scrawl handcuffs, and he decides to jump down this elevator shaft, and he lets the cuffs shift around him. Basically, I think the cuffs are 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 shifting around him and like cutting this rope that he's sliding down on and then as he's falling he's he's completely freed himself and is falling like free falling towards the bottom of this the shaft and the the cuffs they kind of form around him because they they basically basically tricks he basically tricks these handcuffs into thinking that he's shape-shifting so they the cuffs shift around him but then i don't know how he knew this would happen but when the whole thing hits the ground the whole thing shatters so he finally breaks out of these handcuffs um it's basically like an issue long struggle 
that Captain America has with the the scrawl handcuffs. But I found it quite enjoyable, very much in like that that kind of James Bondy or even like MacGyvery style of just Captain America trying to do spy shit uh, so he can go out and, and save the day. What do you think of this, the whole the whole sequence in general, which is like a, a, a large amount of this, like a half this issue basically dedicated to Captain America struggling with these handcuffs, which for a lot of writers might have just been like a page or a two or a panel or two, but they really put a lot into showing you how much he struggles trying to get out of these things. Yeah, I mean, it felt like I was watching a scene from Mission Impossible. I mean, really, what what those films are always known for are their one or two death-defying scenes where you're thinking that Tom Cruise is right about to hit the razor blades, but he doesn't. So I feel like they're trying to do it here. I don't think it has the same delivery in comics as it does in film, but I appreciate them trying to do so. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile... As Captain America is broken out of these handcuffs, Skrull Captain America is hosting a press conference, and he basically reveals that there has been a Skrull invasion on Earth, a major Skrull invasion, and he says one out of 20 people on Earth is a Skrull including these two right here. And he calls out these, uh, the, his comrades who then he like does something, he zaps them or something and they, they unshape shift into scrolls. And then this whole crowd goes after these scrolls and, sh- and these agents all shoot these scrolls. So he basically sacrifices his two scroll buddies, uh, to be a part of this plan. And he says, you know, people of America, believe what I tell you, what you've now seen with your very eyes, scrolls hide among us and we must expose them all before they attack. We must protect our families, our children. And so this basically, Basically creates a frenzy. It basically creates like a race riot, race war uh, in America. Everyone's turning on each other. Everyone in the street, people start to think that like their neighbors, who they always thought were dicks, are scrolls. Like, oh, they're dicks because they're scrolls. So like everyone's everyone's just basically like fighting each other in the street. Uh, but meanwhile, think of the real Karens. Captain America. What's yeah, exactly the, the the Karens before there were Karens. This is this is where it all started right here with the scroll invasion. And uh, we then see Captain America is showing up and he is battling this scroll and the, the, the scroll Captain America. And he's saying it like it's, it's too late to stop me, Captain. Too late. He's like, what are you what are, what are they talking about? Why are they saw? Why are they saying he found another scroll? Because he purposely turned back into a scroll so they would see Captain America battling a scroll. And he says, like, what are you what are they talking about? Answer me. He's like, oh, you'll find out soon enough. In fact, you'll find out. Right. I was counting on you to free yourself so you could appreciate the full scope of my machinations. Thanks for not disappointing me. And by the way, don't hit me. If I wanted to be touched by a human, and as he's saying this, he's like, I give you a I give Posh Spice a call, which is a hell of a 90s reference right she there. She's the ginger one? Um, no, Posh is like the the fancy. Uh, yeah, no, Posh is the fancy dark-haired one. So there was Ginger was Spice, Scary Spice, and Posh Spice. And I think there's one more, but I can't remember. No one remembers the fourth. Sporty. Sporty Spice. Okay. <laughs> SPC names the Spice Girls, only here on the Second Print Comics podcast. So we know that the scrawl is into 90s girl bands. Nice. Uh, apparently. Apparently is. Uh, and, and this scroll has now turned into like some, some like T, not T-Rex. Uh, what's the flying dinosaur? Pterodactyl. Some like giant, crazy looking pterodactyl. Uh, he's battling with Captain America and yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, as I said, everyone is turning each other, um, turning on each other in the street. Uh, this reporter uh, like shoots, shoots at, uh, yeah, he shoots at this, uh, I think it's actually, oh yeah, this is the actual, okay, so this is the original reporter, uh, the real one that the, that, that scrawl cap originally took the, Oof. took the place of, and cause he's got scrawl fever too. He's, he's trying to shoot these guys who he thinks are scrawls and he's like, but you said scrawls were everywhere. You said they were invading and hiding. He's like, you told it, 
you told us to find them. He's like, I did what? So now Captain America is like realizing what happened. He's like, you did in your name. And scroll, uh, scroll Captain America uh, just, just flies off in his dinosaur form. And uh, you just go to the street and you see everyone. It's just a riot. Like people are turning over cars, uh, busting into like beating each other. Man, up. This, is some 2020 shit. this is some 2020 shit right here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, basically Captain America has started a race war as we end. As we end this issue, so. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the the penultimate issue of this little run well, here? As, I mean, uh, that, things get really crazy. That's the cold opening right there. Uh, th- <laughs> this is where like everything really takes a turn towards the dark. And if you just read the first couple issues, you don't think it'll get um, to this point. But you know, I I really like where the story has gone. I'm really coming around to the art too. I think the art uh, that has picked up here since Garney left really matches more of the darker tone that we're going for. So I, I dig it. And uh, diving in to issue seven here, we kind of get a montage as uh, there are riots and racism everywhere. <laughs> Thanks to this thing with the scrolls, basically, like I mean, it's truly they basically say like anybody who thought someone was different, or like they show this like this lady creeping up on her punk kid who's like you know raiding the fridge, like she's about to hit him with a frying pan. Like everyone who's different, everyone just thinks is I now know, a scroll. He started watching that MTV. He was a scroll. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and uh, you know shit is shit is going down. Uh, so the uh, of course the Avengers uh, get involved as well and Steve is now just working directly with, with Tony Stark and Reed Richards trying to communicate with them about what's going on here because he he's like I can't go out as Captain America anymore um, I just have to uh, you know whatever and uh, <laughs> because they're not going to believe anything I say, say after this whole thing and let's see what happened here Do-do-do-do-do. Uh, I, I wrote down this one joke and I'm, I, I'm trying to find it where it was. Oh yeah, here it is. Uh, it was, uh, oh yeah, this is the joke by Hawkeye. This is like when the Avengers are kind of trying to stop people from rioting and everything. Uh, like, you know, Scarlet Witch comes in and does some Scarlet Witch shit. And then uh, Hawkeye says, Hey, witchy, I always said you had hex appeal, which is just such a, such a nineties cheesy dad joke, but I had to write it down. Wow. Sometimes Mark Wade's humor works. Sometimes it doesn't. But I, the fact that it was coming out of Hawkeye actually made it work because that's the kind of cheesy thing Hawkeye would say. I've never liked Hawkeye as like the jokey Avenger. That's why when he was the leader of the West Coast Avengers and they tried to make him all serious, it was always kind of weird because it's like, you know, he's good one way or the other, but you got to pick how you want him to be. Yeah. So we see a bunch of like riot stuff and then uh, we see this guy who I have no idea who this is on page nine. I, I called him this Rambo dude. Do you know who this is? This guy who's like shooting stuff up and has like painted eyes I, I he um, i have no idea who he is he says he says cap never steered me wrong he needs my help i'm here for him cap i'm doing this for you and he's just like fighting think, people but then he gets taken out by uh by by steve rogers who is dressed as steve rogers not dressed as Captain. i America. think he's just some um, type of random vigilante guy is he okay yeah. i wasn't sure if he was supposed to actually be somebody i guess he's just somebody that that took himself took him like a punisher type role up, upon himself i didn't know if he was supposed to be some kind of character that i was supposed to recognize nah i think we're good okay well, that works for me steve flips out on quicksilver for telling him to to go address the u.s he's like hey just go tell it just go talk to everybody tell them the whole story they'll understand and he's like no idiot i just did that they just saw me do that and they saw me they saw people turn into scrolls they think i might be a scroll like i can't just go on there as captain america like like no 
no one's gonna listen to me he really flips out he really like goes nuts on quicksilver here uh and he's like he's like yeah he's like what am i supposed to say there aren't really scrolls but the guy that told you that was a scroll he's like that's gonna cause so much confusion and chaos he's like yeah welcome to being a reader of, of comic books uh this is how it happens here uh they say she's like no we gotta flush him out so uh captain america then appears on tv so that's how they know where he is he's on tv giving another speech um and so quicksilver grabs steve rogers and he t- they just take off he's like he's like all right uh we're so he just basically zips steve rogers over to this uh to this uh tv studio where captain america is giving this or fake captain america is giving uh, this latest speech he's in the middle of saying i I urge all good americans to arm and assemble in washington immediately so i may lead them to victory against these imposters so he's basically trying to lead a second american revolution against washington uh against the scrawl these imaginary scrawl invasion that he is going to be the leader of until for cow uh he quicksilver buzzes in and uh that he i don't know what they i don't know how scroll scroll changes work but whatever they did it turned him back into a scroll so these reporters are like my god cap caps a scroll and this guy this uh sensational scroll hydra is like no this is a trick don't believe it i'm the real captain america and they're like no you're not and he says i am so then cap the real captain america shows up he says you're a scroll hit with a ray that oh yeah okay they, they explain it here i hit you with a ray that reverted you to your true form and he's like only for a moment captain and the scroll starts turning into this other like monster breathing fire and all this and he's like no on second thought don't say a word we've heard enough from you and they're they're kind of battling it all out meanwhile um some of our other heroes have showed up to trying to kind of take control of the crowd mr fantastic is there they're just kind of stopping people from beating each other up uh he also captain america nails the scroll with a shield who then gets hit by the thing who gives his classic phrase it's clobbering time and then he says i ain't alone ugly what i said goes double for the avengers and the avengers are there too captain america thor scarlet witch and he's like no 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 and he then this uh sensational scroll hydra guy turns into this dragon tries to tries to fly away but captain america grabs him by the tail and in a really 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 awesome uh splash page i know i didn't i didn't have you know stellar things to say about dave eaglesham but it's not because he's not a good artist it was just a a kind of a jarring transition from ron garney's art but this is an awesome splash page where captain america just nails the scroll um and shows him like transforming back into his regular form he says he's mine and he takes out this uh, this Hydra scroll. Um and basically, um, yeah, they, they they basically have an, after that awesome shot of, of Captain America nailing the skull cap, uh, Captain America gives another speech as he's wont to do. He says he doesn't care about popularity. He, he shouldn't be someone who's worshipped. Uh, he's, he's telling people don't get seduced by cap mania. Uh, he's blaming himself. It's just a, you know kind of a classic like long Captain America speech here. Blames himself for people so quickly thinking that he'd abandon everything he believed in. So he's not upset at the people for reacting and thinking that he told them that he they should turn on their neighbors, turn on their friends, turn on their family. He's disappointed in himself for allowing, for whatever he's done in his life that allowed people for even one second to think that Captain America would ever say those things. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you can blame the people for being fo- fo- fooled by uh, by a scrawl, but you know, it is it is what it is. Cap is going to blame himself. He gives this long speech about his role as a soldier and a helper, but says he's not here to lead the country. He's a servant. He's just going to be a servant. He's he's gun. He's 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 now he's. He's now, this is actually a really interesting wording in 2020. He says, now he's going to fight battles that matter against things like injustice, cynicism, and intolerance. And I wrote, this is kind of weird um, because that's not actually what he's saying. He's like, no, I'm going to fight the real battles, the battles that matter. Uh, Like, I'm not going to fight Batrock in the freaking park. Yeah, we got Modam to deal with if she or she is dead or not. 
Yeah, I thought it was just interesting that he was giving these phrases of like fighting against injustice and cynicism and intolerance. I get it because he's he's comparing it to what just happened with what the other Captain well, America I mean, was I, saying. I, I treat it, I treat like the term social justice because you say social justice to anybody in like 2008 and almost everyone is like, oh, yeah, I support social justice. You say social justice now. and it's a completely different thing. Yeah, exactly. So this was Captain America's version of, of that. Basically, he says he's going to be a new Captain America. He's going to be a superhero. He's not a superhero. Excuse me. He's not a superhero. He is a man of the people. He says, I'm still going to serve with the Avengers. I'll continue to defend this nation from any and all threats it may face. But as of today, I'm not a superhero now and forever or more. I am a man of the people to together. You and I will identify and confront America's problems together. We'll figure out what we are and what we can be together. We will define the American dream and then as we and make it an American reality. That, that does seem kind of out of place because all of this kind of came out of nowhere with that with that turn. Yeah, it, 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 that's I thought it was weird because he, he was battling a real threat. You know, yeah. I, I think the only thing I think the big thing is he's expressing his disappointment in what happened, that people could be so easily fooled into turning against each other. And he wants to fight the larger fight of not having people feel that way. I don't know. The, the, the speech thing felt a little odd to me um but I, I get in the context of the story like what it was that's like some jeff Loeb captain america writing right there <laughs> yeah and we end as captain america just you now perches above on uh, the statue of liberty on the statue of liberty's torch i guess he got special access to that area because most people aren't allowed to go there but i guess when you're cap he wanted to go brooding by himself in the scenic location yeah and that's how it ends Ends with Captain America brooding. And uh, that, as far as we're going to go, uh, pretty much wraps up that first story arc there um, with Mark Wade and mostly Ron Garney with a, a dash of Dale Eaglesham uh, on this first run from the relaunched Captain America. I think eventually Captain America, they do go back. They do the whole we return to the old numbers thing. Mm -hmm. But for, I think, at least 25 issues, you got to I'm not sure how long Mark Wade stayed on this. Like I said, Ron Garney was gone after five issues. But I think I think Mark Wade had a pretty good run here as well. Uh, one that I plan to continue with, uh, perhaps on a future edition of Claire Continues. But before then, Remzo, why don't you give it a shot? Give me your ratings. What'd you feel? What'd you think? This is definitely a style of drawing that you do not see anymore. I want to say part of it is a product of its time, but it's aged very well. It reminds me of a lot of cartoons that I used to watch growing up. It reminds me of Kim Possible. It reminds me of some of the other Spider-Man uh, cartoons. So if you grew up in that Disney Nickelodeon era in the early 2000s, where we got a lot of really great animation, it reminds me of that. But with that being said, uh, the, the transition between artists towards the last couple issues of this arc is a bit much of a transition so to speak i know that it matches kind of the tones and the different phases of the story but while it's good it's one of those things where outside of this i don't think i would really want to see it again i'm giving it a 3.5 for both artists i think 3.5 is pretty fair and i'm also going to go ahead and give the story a 3.5 uh it passes the test of is it good for new readers and is it good for old readers but at the same time i think the last two issues feel really rushed and i think the transition between phases in the story arc between one and four and uh five and seven they just feel so different it's hard to really understand that this is the same volume so even though it's it's one volume with two different arcs so to speak it really is one big overlapping arc so because of that um 
you know, I'll take off four for the last, I'll take off one point for the last couple issues. I felt it was kind of rushed. Uh, I'll take off another point because I feel that it was just a bit campy at times. Uh, some, some of the humor was cool. Some of the humor is definitely dated and then I'll take, uh, you know, half a point off because I just, there's something about it that just kind of point deductions. Yeah. I mean, constant point it, deductions it just s- something about it. Just, I, I can't give it a solid four, but I don't want to give it a three. I feel that like it's a bit too low. So I'm going to give it a three point five. So I'm giving this arc, uh, this Steve Rogers Captain America one through seven, a seven out of ten. All right, I'm going to be just just a tick higher than you, and we might be able to chalk a little that up to the nostalgia factor. Of course, since I read this stuff as I was growing back, it's funny how even when I read a book that I haven't read in maybe like twenty or plus years, I, I there's sometimes when I can remember like certain panels, like and I, I vividly remember this panel from Dale, Dale Eaglesham of Captain America just uppercutting the scroll with the shield and the scroll like, like transforming. I thought it was just such a badass panel, and uh, that that stood out to me, even though it's it's really Ron Garney's art that I'm most a fan of here, and that's the only reason that the art is going to get a total of a 3.5. I think if it was Ron Garney the whole time, I probably would have been at a four, maybe even a four and a half. Dale Eaglesham's not a bad artist. Like I said, he had a couple awesome panels there, but the transition was a little jarring for me. I don't think he was the right artist for this story specifically. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just had a very different feel. And especially to do that mid storyline. Um, I'm not sure what, what happened behind the scenes with all that. Why maybe Garney was just wrapping up some commitments he had with Mark Wade from their, their prior run. And then he was, he was moving on to the, into the sunset here, but I really enjoyed, uh, Really, I, I liked all the art, but I really mostly and more so enjoyed uh, Ron Garney's art uh, from issue one through five. So I'm going to give the art a total of a 3.5. Story-wise, I'm going to be a tick higher than you. I'm going to give the writing a four here. Uh, I, it, it's really good superhero stuff. It's really good Captain America stuff. Uh, there's the the sprinkles of humor inside. And I really like the concept of Captain America losing his shield and how he had to deal with that. And um, really, the shield being such a big focus of things, you really get to learn like what makes Captain America Captain America. America. And the shield's a big factor of that, but I, I like the fact that he brought in this other shield that he got from this like invaders display, and they kind of show him utilizing that instead. And we'll get back around at some point in the storyline to the original shield, but I, I kind of enjoy mixing it up that way and then having him kind of have to refine his footing again with this new shield. I also really enjoyed the sensational Hydra character and how he how he became a scroll, even if maybe the motivation for his whole grand scheme is you know a little trepidatious, but that's why I'm giving the writing a four and not a five. So uh that gives me an overall total of 7.5 for this cap run a spc total of 14 and a half which would put it right in the uh pretty decent good enough to check out range i would say yeah and i mean if you're a longtime marvel fan you know that this story well definitely not maybe one of those top shelf stories that you can think of from the last couple decades it's definitely a story that has ramifications way down the road you see a little bit of this mentioned during the death of captain america uh era you see this a lot during the secret invasion series because the scrolls and you know the, the way they're able to to get in the middle of american society really plays into a lot so it's definitely something that you should be aware of and at least take the time to read especially if you've got Hoopler, the Marvel Unlimited app. I got this as a paperback graphic novel. This was actually my first Captain America graphic novel. I read it in a Walmart parking lot when I was moving from Australia back to the United States to Texas while my mom was running errands. And then I gave it to my brother to read so he could get into comics. So it's definitely a 
very good and a very easy introduction to Captain America. And I think it shows all his highlights. It shows him interacting with the Avengers. It shows him with some of a, f- a few classic villains and stuff. It, it just really kind of gets the job done. So it's definitely something that you should at least, uh, you know, read once to enjoy. Even if you've listened to this and you're like, ah, I think I got it all. It's uh, it's worth a it's worth a sit down on a nice Sunday afternoon for sure. Especially if, like you said, you're someone who you know you 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 listen to the show, you learn a lot from us. You don't know where is a good place to start with certain characters. If you're looking for a place to start with Captain America, I think this is a pretty decent starting point. No, it's not the best Captain America story of all time, but it really takes you back to the basics in many ways and shows you just you know Captain America for who he is and in many different situations. And uh, I, I found the whole story with the sensational Hydra and the scroll thing as maybe as somewhat far-fetched but enjoyable nonetheless uh so because it's comics at the end of the day so what are you gonna do um yeah but that, that's it um i would say it gets a yeah it gets a it's, a it's a give it a read for sure especially if you have marvel uh marvel unlimited or hoopla or that kind of thing um so that's all i got for this week on this uh post memorial day edition fittingly looking at a captain america story of the second print comics podcast uh remzo anything to tidy up before we uh head off here folks we've got more content than just this you can go ahead and get early episodes graphic novels mailed to your door uh monthly calls i mean we we give so much outside of this regular free show come join the spc nation at patreon.com slash second print pod all right and that's all we got this week until next time my friends don't forget we only ask one thing of you and that is to join us in reading comics and and changing the world damn skippy good night america adios Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.